0: I'm sitting in the kitchen. Pineapple shortcake, apparently. <laughs> it's okay.
1: It's not like wow.
0: Is yeah. it? Is it? Does it taste store bought?
1: Oh, definitely. Yeah. It, was, it came in like a little Japanese oh. packaging. Oh, I stuff.
0: see. I see. Yeah. Like th- did somebody we know drop it off at some point?
1: I assume, <laughs> but. I didn't ask any questions, I just hate it. In fact, I specifically avoid asking questions because I don't want to lose the opportunity
0: to eat. <laughs> Easier to ask uh, forgiveness than permission <laughs> <Exactly>. has been motto <laughs> For a long time. We've gotten better at asking permission for certain things. But not not because our not because we've regretted asking uh, af- asking forgiveness. Like we haven't had our hands slapped very often. Yeah. It's just been a process of acting legitimate.
1: Yeah. It's an act. There's a bunch of doofuses.
0: internet we are your friends at fangamer and this is the first episode of our brand spankin' new podcast if you want to make friends and hang out with weirdos who work at a video game merchandising company this is the podcast for you i'm your host charlie and i'm joined today by reed and jack say hello reed hello and say hello jack hi i'm jack Thank you. One of the things I want to do with this podcast is to introduce our listeners to the people who work at this company and give them an idea of what we actually do here. Give them a sort of glimpse into the daily lives of video game merchandisers. Ooh. <laughs> Mystical. <laughs> We've been at this for a while and somehow some of this stuff has kind of gotten boring to some of us. But I think looking at what we do from the eyes of someone outside of the company may give us a fresh perspective. So, Reed, let's start with you. What is your role here at Fangamer and what have you been working on? I am the CEO and I have been. Oh, gosh, I'm sorry. I haven't been properly um, (laughs) uh, respectful in my uh, in my my (laughs) Uh, introduction. Uh, Your Majesty, uh, Sir Reed, a lot. What's a CEO? How do you spell it? Uh,
1: uh, CEO. In my in my case, CEO is not. It's just a title I have to use because I deal with the bank a lot. And they're not going to understand if I'm like, I don't know, I do this, 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 and this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, chief executive officer, um, which basically means that uh, when somebody doesn't want to make a decision, they will usually punt to me. So,
0: <laughs> and you get paid 1,000 times more than anybody else in the, in the company.
1: Yeah, no, 1,028 actually. I wanted to round up to that nice little powers mm. of two thing there. Mm. Uh, <laughs>
0: you wish anyway. (laughs) you you wish you could afford to have that kind of income disparity (laughs) oh just for the edit
2: email I think it's uh, 1024 would be a power oh gosh I just got well no foisted (laughs) no no I work in powers of two a lot yeah I know
1: you're right I did 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 stay 1028 didn't I that's not that's not accurate. Yeah. Not well, accurate again, now. we're not in a
0: live format, so...
1: Well, yeah, but I can't go back. Oh, no. I'm no. going
0: to own that. No, I, I, I think it's, it's good to, to knock this guy down a peg. <laughs>
1: um, <laughs> we're really making this messy for Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm oh, no. just edit this at all later, no? <laughs> I'm going to add on two extra
0: powers of two uh-huh. just to go the extra mile. That's mm-hmm. what I was thinking. So,
1: <laughs> going to get ahead of those
0: tweets. That's all I'm doing. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, and have you been playing any games?
1: I have. You, I... Uh, as is tradition for me, I am playing games that we have been doing stuff for for a while that are, I mean, it's not that they're not relevant anymore. It's just that I have never stayed on the cutting edge of what Fang Emer is supposed to be focusing on. <laughs> uh, so I just beat the Radiance in Hollow Knight, and I'm feeling very proud of myself.
0: Nice. Oh, yeah. I assume that's impressive. I also have not quite played Hollow Knight yet, so it's extremely impressive.
1: <laughs> it's probably the biggest thing that anybody can ever do. Yeah, I think Be it's crazy. actually probably more impressive than calling yourself CEO mm-hmm. by
0: yeah. a long shot. I mean, uh, uh, I, I, need, I need to ask somebody to, as a comparison because I have beaten uh, I have beaten hell in Cave oh. Story and I don't know. I, I need to have that sort of frame of reference from somebody who's played both and can tell me who's more impressive. How close to hell? Yeah.
2: Oh. Sorry. Uh, I think Charlie takes the on this oh yeah Yeah. (laughs)
0: dang it still on top (laughs) anyway jack so tell us your role and a little bit about what you're working on
2: all right uh i do a little bit of everything i guess but i think that anyone would say that if you ask them what they do at fangamer yeah yeah we all wear lots of hats i guess for the most part i'm in the mailroom so uh i used to i don't do it so much anymore but we have a we call it fetching, which off of fetch quests where we take an order, we see what is what the customer ordered, and we go into the shirt forest, which... Wow, this podcast is going to have a lot of terminology that we're going to need to explain. <laughs> we yeah. like a glossary. Yeah. yeah. We don't, so, we so don't
0: the shirt. Gro- yeah, go, yeah. Tell us about this shirt forest, this mystical shirt forest where people have been have got entered and uh, we have not seen them before, uh, again.
2: Yes, exactly. Those,
0: especially who, if they're egg shaped.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> those who enter the uh, those who are able to spend a night in the shirt forest or get jobs as mailroom workers at Fangamer. <laughs> <laughs> and um, Which you have
0: to
1: survive.
2: Yes. <laughs> yeah, if you die, sorry, <laughs> we're not hiring you. Yeah, yep, yep. And uh, we, so go out, get the order, uh, bring it back, and then pack it and ship it out. So it's basically just keep the engine churning, I suppose. Um, but before I started working at Fangamer, I did a lot of work, uh, in the modding community, specifically for the source engine, like Half-Life 2 and stuff like that. And as such, I, for my senior project, actually, I was working on making a, uh, dodgeball mod in, uh, for Half-Life Deathmatch, but took place in the high school. So it sort of a okay. way for like all the seniors, like when they graduated, moved away, they'd still be able to like play this
0: class. They'd still be able to have, uh, they'd still be able to, um, have some... Some PTSD moments of remembering, oh, oh, this this traumatic experience that I had of being pegged in the head by a big red ball. I enjoy dodgeball, but I I, I know it
2: it does come with a lot of baggage. It it was just it gave me an excuse. It was close enough to the first person shooter format that it'd be easy to convert over to the Source Engine. Um, Yeah, wow, that project was a mess when I look back on it but anyway I got a lot of experience working in game engines and 3D modeling and stuff like that and I've been very lucky to find kind of a niche in Fangamer where I can do that as well sort of uh, prototyping uh, new products, physical ma- materials such as like, uh, like figurines keychains uh, I even like 3d printed a piece to help us level the panels on our Pax booth and everything. Mm-hmm. So like
0: <laughs> yeah, you're kind of our, our, 3d printing master here. You, you know, the ins and outs of our 3d printers uh, mm-hmm. better than anybody at this point. Yeah. And or I, probably I, even at the beginning, but anyway, yeah, <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure you're the one who chose which one we were going to get for, for the reasons that you gave.
2: True. True. Yeah. But shout out to Mike Choi, who actually was the one who uh, recommended it.
0: And mm-hmm. I looked into it and I'm like, Holy crap, yeah, this thing is amazing. Well, we're going to get into Mike Choi later, but um, – Oh, boy. Yeah. got his own segment. <laughs> yeah, really? sure. Well, not really, but uh, kind of. Anyway, we'll, we'll get back to that in a bit. I'll, 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 I'll announce it whenever we've, whenever we've gotten back. Everybody ready for – The Choi like, channel? Yeah, look forward to that. It's time for Choi's Choice, where he chooses one person to live.
1: <laughs> it,
2: I'm not going to be here for that, right? Well, well not, I mean it's not – pro- Is he in the closet?
0: Yeah. I mean he's very unlikely to choose anybody on the podcast because there's like um, – how many people in the world right now? Like, seven billion or some such? So, like, odds are pretty low for you specifically.
1: Oh. Well, and the, the thing is, he's That's just choosing kidding. you to continue living. He's not choosing anybody to die. Oh,
0: right? I see. So, it's oh. a
1: very, very feel-good. So, it's like a blessing know. from Choi. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay.
0: You don't die this day. <laughs> but Choi's blessing doesn't roll off the
1: tongue as much as Choi's choice.
0: Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. So All right. Well, I'll run through my own role real quick. Uh, I'm kind of a vestige from when we only had like six full-time employees or something. So I learned how to do a little bit of everything just well enough, which I think all of us here have been in that position uh, at some point. Uh, I've shipped countless packages, established relationships with partners, designed products, wrote marketing materials, negotiated and redlined contracts, hosted and edited podcasts even before this one, uh, ran cameras for commercials and interviews. I've built things, driven things across the country, lobbied uh, Local politicians and even cleaned out, uh, yeah, or took out the trash a few times. Which is all to say, I don't really have any specific role at this company, except maybe as like whatever Winston Wolfe was in Pulp Fiction. <laughs> like I fix things. I fix things, but like the term "fixer" would be appropriate if it didn't already mean something else. <laughs> Which yeah. is yeah, it's more like I think "fixer" actually means like somebody who um, makes. Uh, legal problems go away, (laughs) which I guess I also can do that. (laughs) But that is like a tool in my toolbox. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, currently I pack most of our poster orders because I find shipping things relaxing Mm -hmm. and I'm fulfilling some of the physical rewards for Psychonauts 2, uh, for the Psychonauts 2 project on Fig right now. Uh, As for games, I am currently playing uh, Cadence of Hyrule, which is pretty cool so far. I'm a big fan of Crypt of the Necro Dancer, and I'm loving this unexpected mashup. Um, I'm still working on my first playthrough, but the thing about this game is that it's randomly—it's a randomly generated roguelike. Uh, it's all about like replay value so right now i'm focusing on just playing through as zelda because i think that a playable zelda is a is a really cool thing that we don't get enough of except for in like smash brothers yeah,
2: i just learned it was co-op today yeah oh, really? yeah like i mean i'm sure i've heard it before it just like went over my head i was it, actually looking at it in the eShop last night and I'm like twenty five five dollars i got so many other games i'll hold off and then and then I came to the mailroom today and Danny told me he and Kira were playing it all weekend. And like, they're almost done. I'm
0: like, oh, it's two-player. Holy crap. Yeah. Yeah. And then just the idea of a two-player Zelda already. Well, I guess there was like Four Swords and stuff. So I, I, I've, I've played Four Swords uh, by myself. And I've realized that that is definitely only uh, really fun. as a multiplayer experience. <laughs> Otherwise, it's just kind of a dry uh, wannabe Zelda. In my opinion, that's a that's a controversial thing that Dan's going to hit me about later. <laughs> anyway, I'm looking forward to playing again as like the other characters as well. Yeah. But, uh, so now that we've talked about ourselves, let's talk about fan gamer because this is. Your friends at Fan Gamer, and uh, presumably people are listening because not because they don't like us, they like Fan Gamer, and I want them to like us. But well, that's 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 going to take some time. So uh, usually this would be the part of the podcast where we talk about what Fan Gamer as a whole is up to, big launches, projects we're working on, announcements, and so on. However, we used to have a podcast, one that started back in maybe 2009 or 2010 or something, and ran on and off until uh, 2014. And while I don't really want to confuse this podcast with that one, I do think uh, the listeners deserve a bit of an update on the past five years. Uh, So what have we done? Did we actually do anything in the past five years worth mentioning? Does anybody even remember 2014? (laughs)
1: <laughs> uh, that's that's a tougher one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, we've done a lot. Can We're you place anything?
1: <laughs> Boy, I mean, I do. You do remember? I, I know then. that I survived it. Yeah. Okay, I don't well, remember a lot of specifics <laughs> about it. Now. I think I kind of remember a lot.
0: Like, yeah,
2: yeah, like you said, what uh, like your employee number? What did you say, six or something?
0: Uh, I don't really remember what number. Some what, like uh, maybe like six, like in Tucson or
2: yeah well you're yeah. like five, five in tucson. tucson yeah Okay. yeah yeah because yeah, i think like jen and i are nine and ten or eight and nine one of those uh-huh. we're right around there and um so yeah i remember like when i first moved to tucson i my first year here was like probably like felt like one of the longest years of my life just because everything was so different mm-hmm. Like the life i was living then to now is like so yeah different world so like, the years have really kind of drawn out, so I feel like I could probably break down the last five years pretty well. Yeah, well, I, mean, let, I don't plan to do it by myself.
0: Well, sure, sure, sure. Let's let's start with 2014. Do you remember anything specifically from 2014?
2: Was that around our You Are Now Earthbound Kickstarter? That was our
0: You Are Now oh! Earthbound Kickstarter. Whoa! Yes! That was, that was a pretty was big five one. years ago. Yeah. <laughs> Holy cow. Real quick, what was the You Are Now Earthbound Kickstarter?
1: So, that hmm. was a Kickstarter that we ran. I think we had just finished... Was it uh Double Find Adventure? We finished fulfilling
0: part of that? Yeah, probably. I mean Double Find Adventure was a long process. I know we started fulfilling that one in 2012. I mean we,
1: we, yeah, we did the first <laughs> yeah. batch of that fulfillment.
0: But but they, we had to wait until the game was actually done to be able to like finish it off yeah. proper.
2: I remember I think Jen and I showed up right after Laura finished rolling up all the
1: <laughs> all Double <those> Find Adventure <laughs> posters. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that was a thing. Yep. <laughs> um yeah, so we decided to do a Kickstarter. trying to remember i think it was it was kind of like following up on the mother three handbook which is really what launched fan gamer Mm -hmm. um and i think this was this is right after it was announced like earthbound was made available on the wii u virtual console is that right earthbound beginnings is that first no i think earthbound came out on earthbound came out first on the wii yeah i think so yeah yeah that
2: would have been a weird
1: move yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I think we finally just made the jump because I we've been wanting to do something like that for a long time.
0: Yeah, for for Earthbound uh, and like in, to like kind of go backwards. So we started with uh, a Mother three guide, and then we're like, all right, let's go back and do number two. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then there was a bunch of other stuff that we wanted to do because the company was founded on Earthbound
0: yeah I mean we because we had like so our, our fingers in like so many different like types of media mm-hmm. where we're just like, all right, what can we do that would give like what's a big project that would give everybody something to do yeah. for the next couple of years mm-hmm. and so yeah so that was that was the guy that was the the uh the zine the art zine uh, we had music, we have the documentary, which is the only thing that's not fulfilled with that thing yet yeah.
1: right right. No, Which but it I, is
0: still being worked on
1: yes, yes. yeah And the, the, the goal we've been chugging them towards is the end of the year and yeah. as far as I know we're still roughly on track for that
0: so yeah five years later still yep. still on track yep well I mean not on track but <laughs> we keep adding
2: tracks <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but we're running really out run of tracks to, to, to add not the original track but it is
1: <laughs> yeah well yeah it's, it's one on one my track it's a track yeah. we're doing one of those like Bugs buddy things where you run behind the train grab the tracks run yeah. in front of the train yeah, yeah. <laughs> the track, you know. it's one of those mm-hmm. um so yeah, there was the yeah, the documentary, the book, the zine of fan art. Um, did we say stuff.
2: the psychokinetic album? Oh yes. that's
1: right, yeah. Oh, yeah, the music. The music. Mm-hmm. That's right, yes. Yeah, so we had bad dudes work on that. Yep. So yeah, we got that almost all fulfilled except for the documentary, which we're 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 working on. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And in addition, I think, uh, let's see, looks like we also established some partners that kind of helped us out for a while. We had Shovel Knight that year, I think, uh, mm-hmm. Papers, Please, and Octodad, um, which Shovel Knight, of, of them, Shovel Knight is still going fairly strong just because they keep adding new, like, DLC to the game yeah. uh, for mm-hmm. free because, well, I mean, technically, I think those it was all, like, kickstarted. Uh, so if you got like the if you bought in early on or if you helped kickstart the game, you got all of the DLC uh, for free. But I think like you had to buy like the extra special version on Steam to get like all the DLC if if you only got the game before i don't know but uh, which makes sense because they put a lot of work into these dlc's yeah no kidding like every single one of them has like a new soundtrack yeah i mean they're just <laughs> games yeah but just, they're they're full yeah. games so if yeah. you know they get to reuse a few assets yeah. but uh yeah but it costs a lot uh so that covers 2014 uh, 2015, that's a little bit – that's a whole year after 2014. So that should be a year fresher in our memories. What uh, – It's what, becoming clear. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what, what happened in 2015? Does anybody remember?
1: I remember something. I'm pretty
0: sure 2015 was when we did Oni masks. Oh, wow. If I remember correctly. That was not in my notes. So yeah. that's uh, completely – but so, yeah, that's probably so, right? Yeah, so we –
1: we did Oni Mask, which was just a, uh, a Majora's Mask-inspired art project where we are going to launch a Kickstarter, make it so you could buy your own blank mask that you could paint, and it would be a wearable Majora's Mask. Mm-hmm. Um, and so as part of our charm offensive to get this thing like approved with Nintendo, we actually – Oh, yeah. It.
0: We wanted it to be licensed for yeah. the Kickstarter.
1: Yeah, we wanted it to be legit. And so we sent masks to Reggie uh, – and probably a
0: few other people <laughs> <laughs> A lot of people A lot of top brass But Reggie Reggie I remember Because yeah, Because, because we just saw it Like in his yeah. office While he was moving out Yeah
1: he just retired And there it was yeah, In his goodbye video In right? his office I couldn't believe it I almost fell out of my
0: chair Still, still holding on to it yeah. And of course like Half of them are just Up in your house right
1: now. Yes Yes and I am
0: working On an email for them So they can get them <laughs> returned to the
1: artists
0: <laughs> yeah, so, uh, so that they can give uh, them as gifts to whoever they want right, of yeah. just big, oh thanks for all this stuff <laughs> thanks for all these really cool works of art you guys made us Yeah. Um, I didn't know that was a Fangamer project I thought it
2: that
1: was, was just a personal thing between you and Camille it was, a, it was a Camille project until I realized I didn't have the money to, to see it through like it has to be a Fangamer project because it's going to happen mm-hmm. and then Immediately after we sent those masks off, bloodstain fell in our laps. <laughs> oh, is that? the <laughs> And that's I? why we didn't do any. We didn't pursue it after that. Jesus. Yeah, the timing was just kind of bonkers. And, uh, wow. Yeah, bloodstain—that was a thing.
0: That was a pretty big thing <laughs> there in 2015, yeah, the which we're thing. still dealing with literally today. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Like yeah, there's stain. people out in out in the rest of this office right now packing and shipping those things. Yeah,
2: so. I'm pretty sure I've gotten a cardboard cut on some bloodstain packaging like today. <laughs> yep. So, yep. <laughs>
1: yeah, I worked. Uh, I worked about I think it was almost 14 days in a row over the past two weeks. Like this past weekend was my first weekend in a little while, just because bloodstain. You know, we just tried to chug and make sure that thing got done in time. And yeah, that's because Bloodstain was a huge, the biggest gaming Kickstarter of all time, for
0: like, it was like for, a few weeks, for a couple weeks, and then Shinmu <laughs> three came out, which, which we're also, also
1: involved with, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and is uh, now I think has remained the biggest gaming Kickstarter of all time. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure, hundred percent on that.
0: Uh, so, in addition to uh, Bloodstain and Shinmu and the, the, Oni yeah. masks, is there anything else? I, I got
2: one in my pocket,
0: but I'll let you take a couple more shots.
2: Hey, I think I think
1: we're going to say the same thing here. One, two, three. Can't Undertale!
0: <laughs> Way to sink it. All right. Uh, well, I, I'd say chronologically speaking... Uh, one of those things came first and that was definitely camp, camp, fan yeah. <laughs> <laughs> camp fan Gamer Camp fan Gamer which could have led into Undertale because uh, mm-hmm. uh, while it was our big well I mean it was, it, that was also tied back into You Are Now Earthbound because that was a, a Kickstarter reward oh that's right or a yeah. Kickstarter stretch goal yeah. so we played through Earthbound and had our own convention and it was this whole like cool alternate reality experience with a story that's you know you missed some of because was things happening simultaneously all the time? Yeah, <laughs> um,
2: you need to be a time traveler to
0: really experience all of it. Yeah. You, you need you need to be able to yeah, yeah just kind of like go back in. This it's one of those uh, really. Uh, deep experiences where you don't really get it, uh, get the whole thing until you have played the game a few times. Except it was an ephemeral experience that only happened once, so you can't. Wait, wait a
1: I have an idea. not yet. Why don't we just put on Camp Thing Ever 2015 every year from now
0: on? <laughs> oh, yeah, so I mean, we can
1: we, like complete 100. Yeah, oh, that'd be so good. <laughs> I think that would actually turn out to be a lot of fun. That would be that'd be really good. It <laughs> just get bigger and bigger every time.
0: Oh uh, I like Wow. Okay, so we just con- came up with the uh with with the the uh the deep uh, convention experience. You yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: heard it here campaign for 2020's theme is Can't Camp
0: for bring-
1: 2015. <laughs> 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 I, I think, unironically, we would get more attendees every year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man.
0: Um. So yeah. So I mean, I don't remember a whole lot of that uh, of that convention because I spent almost the entire time uh, in a chair on the stage. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I I got the whole um uh, experience of the variety show uh, <laughs> because I was there on stage playing Earthbound the entire time. Um. But like all the other things, like I've only seen video of. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, that's weird that you didn't experience any of that.
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I never. I never thought about it, but yeah, I even quads.
0: Yeah, yep, yeah, me and and Dan, yeah, and Dan, yeah. Uh, so, so we were carrying the stream the whole time, but any because because in theory, people outside of the convention could have experienced it somewhat by watching the stream. But again, that was just like a, a narrow slice of it. Yeah. Um,
2: We'd have to do fifty
0: picture-in-pictures, yeah. just, kind of, you know. <laughs> just like like uh, like a security, security camera guy. room, yeah. <laughs> with audio, which would be very confusing. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, of course, at Camp Fan Gamer, uh, we had a few indie games who were kind of uh, showing off their stuff a little bit, uh, including our our friend Toby, who had uh, a little game. It was like, please play my game. I don't think he ever said that, but
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, because Toby. Toby had contacted me a couple months prior. He's like, hey, do you guys want to do merchandise for this game? I was like, heck yeah, man, it's Toby, of course. You know, I thought we'd do like 100 shirts. Um, And I think we came to him to see if he wanted to come to camp. I don't remember now. Now, who is, can you describe Like, what was your relationship with Toby before this? Uh, So Toby is an old, uh, like, Fangamer grew out of Starman.net, and Toby was a Starman.net attendee member. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think he mentioned he did something on staff at some point, didn't he
0: I don't know if he was. I, don't a, actually remember, I think I, I think, like he, I think he, as far as, yeah he might have done fan games mostly. Yeah. I just remember him as being like just a, a dude who just generated so much like cool stuff that like you couldn't help but notice him.
1: Yeah. So yeah, so Toby said he was working on this game. He had done a Kickstarter for it. And he made like forty thousand bucks or something to do Undertale, mm-hmm. um, which is respectable. I was like, yes, yeah, so we'll do some merchandise, and we'll. And I think we, I agreed to fulfill the Kickstarter as well. Um, so somehow he ended up coming to camp and showing Undertale there, which I believe was the first time
0: it had been shown publicly.
2: Yeah, well, I think we had um, we had done a fan gamer game club with it once.
0: Yeah, because oh, the demo because the, the demo was out as soon as the Kickstarter went out. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, like, I think, I think that was, was a, part of it. I think it was before the Kickstarter. Oh, maybe it was. I don't, yeah, I don't know the timing of the Kickstarter. Dang, I, I
2: think I remember you just saying that you someone you knew from Starman.net. It was making a game, and, yeah. you, and they sent you a demo. And oh, that's right! You know, yeah, I, remember, yeah. I just remember you, it was back at the Midway office. You coming to the back of the mailroom, just be like, "Hey, anyone wants to check out this game?" Like, I, I played it, like, or no, you hadn't played it yet. It was a blind. Yeah, we
1: were going blind. It was blind. a blind playthrough. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and uh, yeah, you asked if we wanted to play and like see it. And I just remember, like, the company at the time. Yeah, just going to the uh, into the theater room. Yeah, just, all, yeah, all eight of us basically. Yeah, <laughs> and experiencing Undertale
0: for the first time. Yeah. And you thought was so creepy. I was so suspicious. of Yeah, Toriel. she and was going to be the final boss of the game. <laughs> you were certain of it. And you gave me the control.
2: You played all the way up to the fight with Toriel, then you gave me the controller and said, "I got like I forgot what it was, but you're, you're like I'm busy. Can you do this?" And I didn't know how to play yet, so I just like, <laughs> "And I kill her." And I, <laughs> and I felt horrible for two weeks straight. <laughs> oh, really? Yes, oh, it man. really bothered. Me. Oh
1: man. <laughs> So, yeah, so Undertale, uh, Toby brought the game. I don't know if it was a full game or not, but this was right before he released it.
0: Yeah, it wasn't too long before.
1: Like like two and a half months before he released it. Um, And we had no idea what was about to happen. (laughs) <laughs> because that leads me to the next thing which is Undertale.
0: yeah we got we got Undertale. It mm-hmm. came out in 2015 and we started uh, we, we sold uh, uh, like I think we th- did we like print a few shirts and then sell mm-hmm. them and they like just went away immediately Yeah
1: well it, it coincided with the because we were working on the documentary at the time and so we I think it was our first trip to Japan mm. it was in late 2015 mm-hmm. and it was right as we had launched we, we launched Undertale while a bunch of us were in Japan. And, um, by that point, this was a couple months after the game came out and we knew it was a big thing. Like it was blowing up. Yeah. Um, what we didn't know was how well the merchandise is going to do. <laughs> so we thought we had more than enough merchandise, even accounting for the fact that the game was blowing up. And if I remember correctly, we sold out in less than 24 hours. Like
0: we thought we had... Tons, because because we had we had been part of games that kind of blew up before. Like yeah. we had done Papers Please, which was pretty huge, and it did very well for us. Yeah. But it was nothing yeah. compared to what yeah. uh, none of them could hold a candle to what Undertale just suddenly did to our inventory. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: and it and was our, our
2: infrastructure and like yeah. everything.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, it just it turned us inside out. It's a
2: real big body horror for fan gamer, just like bones
1: breaking <laughs> and extending. And just... <laughs> really, it's true. Like it kind of an yeah, omega flowy moment for us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We just like transformed, took an Undertale, and then we everything instantly had to start growing. Mm-hmm. Like we like the infrastructure for the even just like the, the technical side of things, like just being able to handle that number of orders and being able to address, like, all right, we have to ship. 2000 of these shirts in the next couple of days. How can we automate this a little bit so that this is not such a nightmare? And I think this is one of the things that inspired multi ship. Yeah.
0: Um, and yeah, that, just, that'll probably just take it. Let's just move into 2016 where we just continue the Undertale, like coming to terms with it.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, we sold out of the first wave. And then the second wave was, I believe it's February 1st, which I remember well because it stood. As a lo- for a long time, as our biggest sales day in history, ever history, um, because it was Wave Two of Undertale. We restocked all the shirts, and we f- again we thought we were ready. <laughs> we were not. <laughs> we uh, I don't think we sold out immediately, but we bought vastly more than any of us thought was wise and we still sold most of
0: it yeah we've had several reprints of most of the shirts since then
1: almost all of them
0: almost Um, all of them was that whenever did we have so hyped in that wave as well or was that a little bit later that was after
1: so yeah that, (laughs) that wave performed so shockingly well then it screwed up everything that came after. Because yeah, because we have, like, we can't buy less than ten thousand of anything now.
0: Yeah, it, it's like whenever it's like whenever you're uh, you're been driving on the highway through West Texas for a few hours, and then you stop and you uh, you get off, of, uh, uh, go down an exit, and you're in a small town, and like you feel like you're just crawling. Right. With oh, yeah. anything else, it's hard
2: not to go sixty five on yeah. the local streets. Yes. Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. Like I remember before Undertale, it was like. When Jen and I were first working here, we were just, it'd be a, a day would be, you'd be going in, uh, you know, doing your fetching and shipping and then maybe once a week or so often you'd have a day interrupted by, Hey, papers, please. Shirts are here. And then like four boxes would get put on a table and then you'd spend four hours, like pack, like folding them. And then you get back work in the mailroom. And then get back in the whereas now it's a <laughs> completely separate department now. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. We, ha- we have to have a whole separate uh, division just to pack shirts and stuff like that. And
1: even within just that division, place.
0: it's been subdivided.
1: Yeah, you know, that's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Inspecting
2: them for holes and
1: tears. Yeah, and like them putting them in inventory. Back. Exactly. Yeah. It's yeah, 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 so Undertale is for, just monumental growth for us and that was 2016 was really the high water mark as far as just like insane sales well actually that's not true uh, but it was for a while it was the high water mark
0: yeah like we we weren't sure we were going to surpass that
1: yeah i i mean if you look at a graph of our sales from beginning of fangamer history until then it the spike went so high that you couldn't even see the blips before it like you couldn't even see the black friday blips on the radar <laughs> before that because like cuz i graphed it i wanted to see visually and it's just stunning.
0: <laughs> and, and we we were so worried, I think, at the time that like, so it would peak right there and just like valley right back down. Mm-hmm. But it, it, and it did go down, mm-hmm. but it plateaued a lot higher than it was before. Uh-huh. We've never gone back to pre Undertale levels of sales.
1: Right.
2: Yeah. Can I give another sort of a little perspective I've had on the company since like. It, on the time I came in was right around like the growth spurt I suppose sure like I remember um, coming in to help with the retroware kickstarter Mm -hmm. and I remember after we finished fulfilling the kickstarter and Christmas season was over um, you I remember you telling me that Jen I could stick around in Tucson but you recommended that we look into getting other jobs because you said this is always our slow season yeah (laughs) And just, I've never actually seen that slow season no. <laughs> it Never came.
0: It? <laughs> at some point, we had to stop pretending. Yeah, and just go ahead and hire you
2: full time. <laughs> I trust you that at one point it was a thing, but it used yeah, to be. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I've never known it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so let's see. So that's so we could probably talk about Undertale for uh, a few hours. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so what about what about in 2016 things that are not Undertale? Let's let's think about that. I know yeah. it's hard to it's hard to see anything in that shadow.
1: Uh well we'll go back to the the, the cyclical nature of things here. Camp
0: Fangamer 2016. That's true. <laughs> right? We we were like, you know what? It was so good the last year, we could do it again immediately afterwards. Boy, we were uh for punishment. <laughs> that was that was a lot of work. I um, mean, that's on. I mean 20 Yeah, it was yeah. 20, 2016. We yeah, were back to back and then we skipped 2017. Yeah, we learned our lesson. Yeah. <laughs> when did we move into this office? Uh, yes, that was also oh. that was also 2016. That, that
2: explains it. Because yeah. I thought it was 2017 uh-huh. that we moved in here.
1: And I knew it was the same year as a camp. Yeah. Yeah, that was the other big thing that year. Is that, yeah, we bought this building that we're broadcasting from right now for – We'll be here for another couple months, and then we're on to the next
0: one. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll get to that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so we bought and renovated a building. We uh, we did our second camp fan Gamer, which was more uh, it was Mother Three uh, uh, based, and I think it was a lot. It was a lot looser as far as the ARG still had, definitely had some, mm-hmm. but um, a bit a bit looser. Yeah, I think much like the the games themselves, it had a much kind of like a tonal shift too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'd say generally more laid back. Mm-hmm. Um, I was still again. I, I missed a lot of it because again, I was spending the entire time on stage playing Mother Three, so uh, yeah. I don't know a whole lot of what happened afterwards well, or outside of it. Most of what you need to know is that
1: we created our own stock market and then uh, <laughs> crashed it. Yeah, that yeah, was a lot
0: of fun. yeah. Some of that ended up uh, seeping into the variety show, That's
1: right? <laughs> <laughs> I remember brainstorming.
2: The- 2016 camp, and just like hearing ideas about, like, all right, so I think the backers should be able to, like, take Lucas into the parking lot, (laughs) and maybe I'll have, like, a a box of, like, Oh, it'd be funny if we had like an unloaded gun in there and like <laughs> made it say like. That's point. Yeah, you have to kill Luke. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, gun's too fast. Let's put a shovel in
1: there. He's right
0: there, guys. You don't of these times. Sorry. That's not him. That's Santa Claus. Never mind. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs>
2: <laughs> is is our Twitter gonna have like images of like are we gonna have visual Preference aids?
0: I don't know. I should probably take a picture of our setup right now, though, just so I can. Lucas from your seat right there. (laughs) There we go. That's a a, a picture of the inaugural episode. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Okay. Uh, Let's see here. So we had our second Camp Fang Gamer. We had lots of Undertale. We bought a building. Uh, For You Are Now Earthbound, we finished pretty much everything except the documentary that year as well. Oh, did we? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. and we also started working with Stardew Valley, which was a pretty big one. Of course, yeah,
1: you know, but it didn't start out that big.
0: It didn't. It was like, it was, it was like, a sleeper hit for a little while.
1: Yeah, because we we launched. I believe Carrie's book is one of the first products we launched.
0: I, yeah, I think so. I think that might have been like the first like actual Stardew thing we did. Yeah,
1: and when we put it out there, I didn't quite know what to expect, and it was it was kind of a slow start. I was like, oh, well, you know, yeah, you but next time, next book, Carrie, you'll you'll hit hit the big time next time. Uh, but <laughs> turns out in retrospect uh, yeah it
0: still sells <laughs> super well today
1: <laughs> yeah so yeah that that book it, that it's one of very few games that we've done merchandise for that you kind of start it and it just keeps going and it keeps accelerating, which very few games do usually games have a big spike at the beginning and then they just bottom out
0: yeah it's it's funny because I remember especially whenever I was working with partners a lot and like a lot of indie games would come to us and they they'd ask us to make merchandise for them, and I'd kind of talk to them about like you know their their, their their the sales of their game and kind of predict like how how well we can expect their their merchandise to do um and we had like some pretty uh some pretty detailed like ideas of uh, how we expect merchandise to sell uh, it's like some graphs like it's gonna do it's gonna you know start off pretty good and then it'll tail off and be prepared for that and all that and then like then we had Undertale happen which completely like it basically kind of did that but at a much larger scale yeah. uh, so like our, our, our predictions were completely off and then uh, Stardew Valley comes with a completely different like and it's sort of almost inverted yeah,
1: <laughs> like, the, the graph, graph was completely wrong <laughs> <So>. <laughs>
0: So which is all to say that um uh, predictions don't matter. Yeah. Uh just give up now, you can't tell the future. <laughs> uh but Stardew Valley still yeah, still does very good for us. Um and let's see, 2017. I'll, I'll say uh, one big thing that happened 2017 is we stopped updating our About Us page, which is where I've been getting my notes. So I don't have a whole lot for 2017. <laughs> oh, yeah. okay.
2: uh, let me try to uh, fill in the gaps there. Uh, one thing I wanted to just point out really quick, uh, just because it's kind of personal to me. I think it's also kind of big for the uh, company, too. Um, I think 2015 – was it 2015 or 2016? When we started doing plushes. Oh, yes.
0: Yeah. That actually – I do have a, have notes in here. Like I'd, uh, I'd say 2017 is whenever we really started immersing ourselves in those product mm-hmm. types. Uh, we suddenly started packing like a whole bunch of figurines and plushes. Like I think Undertale Figs – I think we started taking pre-orders on those in 2016. But uh-huh. like they were filled in 2017. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was a huge change from us to kind of like we still do a, a, a lot of shirts, um, mm-hmm. but like the types of products we do now is so expanded mm-hmm. uh, into plushes and figurines. And we have vinyl records and a lot more uh, uh, soundtracks and stuff, a lot more books now than we used to have.
2: Um, yeah, it always used to be very easy whenever like a pizza delivery person would come over to the office and be like, what do you do here? And just be like. Oh, we do, like, video game t-shirts and like, hats and keychains. Yeah. Whereas now it's like... We do all <laughs> here, kinds here, of sit stuff. Sit down. Let me tell yeah. you. <laughs> Let me tell you about a podcast. Yeah. I know... I have also brought flushes plushes because I know that's also when Danny first came out. He's been working here for uh-huh. a little over a year, but I think... He's been out here since the first Toriel plush run. Right, right.
0: Yeah, he he kind of started uh, coming like coming visit a few times and helping out. Exactly.
2: I have a I have a slow motion video of Jenna like getting like three boxes of plushies dumped on her <laughs> oh, yeah. from the first run and everything. <laughs> that was back in the midway office. So yeah, that was in 2016. Yeah. So yeah, moving forward, 2017.
0: 2017. Let's um, see. We started working with uh, yeah. Speaking of like, so you said you were just we were playing Hollow Knight. Uh, well, we started working with Hollow Knight in 2017, so good,
1: really? yes. Good lord! <laughs> wow. Yeah. I mean, and that's the other thing is that like Jenna and Jack <laughs> are always way ahead of me on all these games, and they always know the good stuff long before it becomes this huge seller at Fangamer. <laughs> like Jenna was like enthusiastically telling me about because like she she was the first person to play Undertale. I I passed the final game to her. I said, hey. Mm-hmm. Check us out before it comes out. Make sure we get some merchandise ideas. Yeah. So she did. She couldn't stop talking about how much she loved it. Mm-hmm. Same with Hollow Knight. She just was effusive about Hollow Knight. I'm
0: like, all right, well, we'll get to it. We'll do some merchandise eventually. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out, listen to Jenna. That's yeah. The, that's the uh, that's the takeaway here. Yeah, we we'll have uh, to put profit on her. Uh... Uh... Yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. Yeah, no, we're just talking about you can't tell the future. Crap.
0: Well, I mean, oh. she—you she, she, know—some people are more right than others. Okay. I mean, I, I don't think she really foretold uh, Stardew Valley, which also did, did pretty True. good. True. Like, there's so many good games coming out that yeah. nobody. Reasonably, can keep up with that. Like, we could hire somebody to just play all the games until tell ones are good, and that could be a more than full time position. Maybe get a second one, anyway. yeah. Keep
2: an on that jobs page.
0: I mean, I guess we uh, uh, we do have someone a little bit more like that now, uh, in like uh, in, in, in Everdread. Mm-hmm. He, he's he's very on top of stuff as well. It's true, uh, I think between uh, he was also very early on in the Undertale, yeah, yeah. I mean, he was. He, he you know, yeah, <laughs> he worked on the game. <laughs> he might have been a little on it, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's that's one of the cool things about working in a in a, uh, in, on a in a company that is so video game focused, like. On, on my end, because I can't keep up with it, I kind of feel like I'm lagging all the time. Uh, but now everybody here loves video games, um, or just about everybody, anyway. Uh, <laughs> and like, Isn't so that- we can usually count on somebody to have played whatever it is that we're talking that we're lo- talking about. And if nobody's played it or heard of it, then we know nobody has. It. Yeah, yeah it's, that's-, <laughs> um,
1: that's one reason why I don't. I almost never require people to play games. Because if people aren't naturally going to, like, seek out and play a game of their own volition, then that's kind of an indicator right there. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Uh, I remember several
0: things from 2017, though. Oh, yeah. Tell me about
1: them. Fane Game Japan.
0: Yes. Thank you. I wasn't sure if that was whenever it happened, but I had it with a question mark in my notes. I'm
1: pretty sure it was. Uh, So in March of 2017, I believe, we knew that we were getting ready to publish Undertale, um, which is going to be the first game that we co-published. Uh, but making physical copies of the game for PS4 and Vita, and uh, we're like, and they were planning to launch it in Japan simultaneously. And we're like, we yeah,
0: because they were working on the the Japanese translation at the time. Eight Four was right. Uh, so that's I well like I don't remember whose whose idea was it first to actually do like a physical release. But, like was it Eight Four that had the idea, or were we just working with them?
1: I. I think we wanted to do it because we had we had seen how crazy the the physical sales were for Retro City Rampage, and Shovel Knight. I think we'd also sold at that mm-hmm. point. Um, so we just wanted to do it regardless. And 8.4 was like, yeah, we're, it's going to be on console. Might as well make physical copies.
0: Yeah, because I think they, they were all like, – one of the reasons why they were involved is because the game was made on in Game Maker, which had to be kind of like retrofitted to yep. uh, to be able to work on consoles at all. And 8.4 took care of a lot of the, the back-end programming on that because yeah. yeah, Toby just didn't have any experience in that.
1: Yeah, and boy, it was a, it was a task getting it to, to port. So um, we, wanted, we were planning to do a collector's edition, which was a big thing we'd been working on for a long time leading up to that. And we, we sat down in March and we're like, if this is coming out in Japan, we really, like, we can't miss this opportunity. Japan is going to love this game. They already loved the game. They'd done a, a fan translation, or probably a couple at that point. Mm-hmm. And we knew it was just a massive opportunity. And it was like, we're not really ever going to get another chance to do something like this where we can, like, we can have a very clear shot starting a branch in the company in another country mm-hmm. um, but you know there's a lot of stuff we had to figure out and most importantly we didn't have anybody to run it yeah, like, a lot did. of
0: people here were like I'd love to live in Japan but that's such a you know yeah. and, and and how long are you going to be allowed to live there because like yeah. actually immigrating to Japan whenever you're not actually like uh, Japanese in, in ancestry like that's, that's a hard it's almost t- impossible yeah <laughs> like you have to basically marry yourself in there yeah uh, which luckily we we knew somebody who had married himself in.
1: That's exactly <laughs> it. He just left his job. He's like, "Hey guys, I'm just looking around, to see if you got anything." Like perfect timing. Do you want to run a distribution center for Undertale? And uh, <laughs> sure enough, he was down. So yeah, we launched Fangamer Japan, um, and obviously we published Undertale on uh, and launched the collector's edition, which was uh, which overtook. Line the previous year as our best sales day of all time. Uh uh, Because that uh, collector's edition was announced during E3.
0: Yeah. Turns out E3
1: drives some numbers.
0: (laughs) I couldn't imagine whenever I was a kid, like whenever I was younger... Uh even whenever I was like older and like working at gamestop and like hoping that i'd be able to maybe visit e three someday mm-hmm. um that I would someday be working at a company that's publishing a game that's being announced there yeah. like it's just that was like a uh an un- unimaginable dream that there it was right there on the that was the that was the sony uh press conference yeah yeah, yeah. that was it was pretty wild. Mm-hmm. Um, let me see here uh, we also let's see so we got fan gamer Japan launched which is still they're still doing uh, pretty good like they're still like uh, like they're because they're, they're they're super useful not just for uh, actually like selling merchandise over there because like so many of the people that we work with, uh, are, you know, Japanese based companies, like the fact that we have a branch over there and people who can just go visit them at their headquarters, uh, and, and like have meetings and, and all that, that's, that's huge yeah. for us. And we, we were fly
1: people over there all the time. It's kind of a legitimacy thing.
0: And, and we have, we have like a presence at like the, uh, uh, at the, the conventions. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So it's, uh, like, that also helped to change the landscape of how we're doing. But of course, that's something that comes up a little bit later. Um, let's see. So we started dipping our toes into game publishing. We talked about that. Uh, we also bought another company in that uh, in that year.
1: And well, we bought a building first.
0: Yeah, we had to buy a building to put them in. <laughs> yes, exactly. So
1: the building came first. And then uh, we bought another building about 15 minutes from our current building here. And it was mostly warehouse And uh, then we began negotiations to buy our screen printing company, uh, Ford Printing. Mm -hmm. And uh, wow, that's a lot more work than you think, (laughs) it turns out. (laughs) I think it's a lot.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Well, it's
1: even more than that. (laughs) Yeah, I uh, I mean, it might
0: have been easier, I guess, to just like – start another company and just buy their equipment from them <laughs> and be like, Hey, can we hire you guys for like a year? And then that's kind of what we did ultimately. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. an asset purchase. But yeah, we, I, I like going into it, you know, it was me and the owner of Ford printing and we're, we go way back. We're a very good term.
0: Yeah. We've been um, using forward printing since almost the beginning.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Just a couple years after we began, I believe we started using that for everything. Um, and so, uh, I trust them implicitly, and vice versa. Uh, even with that very good set of starting conditions, it was incredibly difficult to finalize the purchase of another company. So I am going to avoid ever doing that again, if I can. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because imagine if it, if it was that hard for a company that I love—that there's mutual love there. Imagine if you have like an adversary or somebody, you know, a competitor that you're trying to buy—that'd be a disaster.
0: Yeah, it, I mean, I I hate to to give. Uh much respect to to a lot of these bigger companies uh for, for this, but every once in but I have a little bit more respect for the ones that are just like, oh yeah, GameStop bought Think Geek, you know, however long ago. Sounds and so simple. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> yeah, no, no, that's actually well I mean I guess they have a, more of an army of lawyers to just take care of it for them. Yeah. So never mind. Never mind. Yeah. Respect. Yeah. Re- yeah. Rescinded. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so so that was that was a lot for two thousand seven. That was a huge year for us. So let's move on to 2018. Um that was only like yeah, uh, yesterday, so what's uh <laughs> do we remember what happened the past year in the past year? Uh, the past year? Man, it's, it's actually getting harder. It's <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: kinda
0: weird. We've been thinking about the past too long. We've lost ourselves back there, we can't oh. see the future oh, wait, anymore. Wait,
1: wait, wait. Camp fangamer. That's it's true. It. Yeah, right we had
0: it. we had our third camp fan gamer that was uh fangamer themed. There we
1: go. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, it was also tradition of progressively stepping down camp fangamer expectations every <laughs> yeah. year well
2: it was also our 10 year anniversary as a company
0: that's oh, true that, that's yeah. the reason why it was fangamer uh, uh, based because it was yeah it was our basic it was less a camp fangamer and more of a just to come celebrate our 10th anniversary with us yeah um, so and the theme for that one or a lot of that involved uh, trying to find a new read that was I think the big storyline there yeah um,
1: <laughs> I got I got plucked out of a shipping crate in a box trap so that was cool yeah yeah
2: yeah. Um, yeah I think originally it was um for like brainstorming we were trying to think of all these different themes I think we were working on having uh, like our the people who paid uh, premium prices for tickets they were became our chairman are mm-hmm. like the, the board members you're right you're and uh, right. I think the the goal was largely to, uh, just you—you're going to replace Reed. You're the right. new owners of the company. And around the same time, I had—I um, again, kind of going along with the thing of like 3D printing, 3D modeling. Uh, VR is another big enthusiast. Uh, another big
0: yeah, we uh, enthousi- do love so VR. Funny. Yeah.
2: Yes, exactly. <laughs> and uh, that whole that whole thing came for me uh, thinking to myself how it'd be great to. I had learned about VR chat that year, and the, I just had the idea of it'd be really cool if we just quickly mocked up the convention center in 3d and people could just join and you know have their own avatars and they could watch the stream in the stream room and stuff like that in the theater room and it seemed very very meta very fun and um i was working on that and just i just remember i think jazzy coming to me one day and not in these words but essentially saying hey we're having a hard time thinking of a theme i think we're just gonna make your vr thing the theme <laughs> it's just like,
0: oh okay <laughs> oh no pressure or anything <laughs> yeah,
2: so so yeah it, it was very much uh i mean i was happy because it meant that was what i was able to work on for just months yeah. and um but yeah it got it got wild <laughs> yeah it went way
0: off
2: the <laughs> way off the rails. Yeah, we off the rails there for a bit. But um,
0: and there's a whole music video about it. So we should. Uh, I'll probably. I don't know. I guess yeah, we can't really link it in a podcast. Still, so it's not on YouTube. It's not on YouTube. No, no. Oh wow. Just Jazzy's working too hard on the documentary. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sacrifices gotta be made. And yep. We love VR as one yeah. of them. Well. <laughs> well, suffice to say. Yeah. Uh, so that was a huge part of our uh, of our 2018 is the fact that we made. Uh, That we turned 10. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's also the year I think we started working with a lot more big licenses. Like sure is. uh, We started working with like Atlas and Capcom and Namco. I don't know if we – started that year or if that's when like a lot of it started coming out
1: yeah in 2017 is when we hired uh, Noah Mm -hmm. as our licensing director director of licensing and um, that started to show up in our products in 2018
0: yeah because whenever you're starting working with those like huge ships like you've got a it takes a long time for them to 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 show anything for it because yeah. uh, there's just so many layers of red tape and like it, it's it's useful it, it's good for us to be able to go through that yeah. it's just you know it takes a long time um,
1: but we also published our first our, our, our first like close collaboration with Nintendo which was undertale for the switch yep um, again co-published with 8 four um, and yeah then we launched a huge lineup of like officially licensed pretty pretty big name IP stuff throughout the year but especially at Black Friday. Uh, like uh, Katamari or the Katamari lineup was pretty amazing Uh, let's see what else we had Bomberman
0: um. I think we also started working with Celeste uh, that year too
1: oh that's right yeah Celeste actually Celeste came out in early 2018 yeah yeah. we had some stuff ready almost at launch which is uh, was was unusual for us we're getting better at it now
0: yeah I mean it's, it's it's a lot easier whenever it's like folks because we had already worked with the one of the uh, one of the creators of Celeste on uh, like Towerfall stuff a long time ago. But Towerfall like merchandise never really sold very well because it was uh, I guess it's a, it's almost like a like a Smash Brothers type game where it's like just it's pure almost purely like multiplayer uh, or at least that's like where the a lot of the uh, the attractiveness of the game mm. is you fight your friends by shooting each other with with uh, uh, with archery um, and it was, it was cool, but like, it's, it's hard to really latch on to that sort of thing from an emotional level. Right. Whereas then you have, uh, Celeste, which is very similar in like, uh, it has a very similar feel. Like it plays a lot like, uh, uh Towerfall, but it's, it's definitely more of a single player experience and you, there's a, there's characters and you get attached to them. There's a storyline and that helps a lot for actually getting, getting people attached to the merchandise and wanting to actually go out and Wear it, uh, which is something that we really learned, uh, especially with with Undertale, um, and that kind of has helped to kind of determine what kind of merchandise we end up making. It's like we we aim for emotionally resonant stuff because yeah. that's what people want.
1: And that and that's the thing is like you know sometimes uh, a company that has a game that's done very well will come to us like hey we really want merchandise the sales are off the charts it's great we're like well listen like your sales are great but that does not necessarily translate to merchandise sales. It's true. Um, and that is, that was one of the lessons that we really learned. It uh, really got driven into us. I think in 2018 is when we really like that clicked finally.
0: So. mm mm-hmm. Um and uh I'd, I'm sure there's a bunch of things I'm forgetting in 2018 but the one big one I want to mention is we're going to go ahead with our uh Mike Choi uh, I told you it was kind of wrap around that's is. whenever we did flip grip. Whoa. Choi's choice. choice. <laughs> Got it. <him. Yes. laughs> told you it was going to come back. <laughs> Another Kickstarter. Turns out you can't predict things. <laughs> uh, uh yeah, flip grip that was the the peripheral for the uh for the Nintendo Switch where you can turn it on its side which is such a simple concept but so complicated in execution yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: people are like it's just a piece of plastic
0: it's like you have no idea <laughs> so much that goes into a kickstarter for something like that I mean it's because like uh, the big thing is that like uh, it's a it's a part that's going to attach to a an expense like the thing itself isn't very expensive but it's attaching to something that is yeah, yeah. Uh,
2: it all comes down to the weakest link. And you don't want <laughs> yeah. to flip. you don't want to be well, that. Yeah, yeah exactly.
0: Uh, so that's that's where a lot of the complication is. We wanted to make certain that whatever we made was not going to break your expensive thing. Yeah. Um, and that turns out takes a lot of uh, development. And Mike Choi is the one who developed it from the ground up. Pretty much. Yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, like Jeremy Parrish had the original concept, and you know he was there every step of the way, and we were too. But at the end, at the end of the day. Mike
0: did. Yeah, M- oh, Mike. Yeah. Mike was the hero here yeah. for sure, okay. <laughs> all all the way. Um, That's why we gave him like
2: thirty seconds of intro time during the new <laughs> yeah, during the new office
0: cam intro. Yeah. And it's worth, it's worth <laughs> bringing up how we met Mike Choi. Like, how did he come into our sphere? Uh, come into our orbit? If I remember
1: correctly, Mike started out watching office cam.
0: Oh really? I didn't yeah. even I didn't know a game ba- that far back.
1: Yeah, I think back in like twenty ten, I think is when he first started watching Office Cam. And then after he'd been a, an Office Cam regular for a while, he's like, "We said, hey, we, all right, we're going to PAX." And he's like, "Oh man, I'm going to be at PAX too. Can I come by your booth?" We're like, "Yeah, of course. We would love to meet you know folks who watch Office Cam." Mm-hmm. And so he came, and I think I can't remember if he told us or not, but he had a pianica,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, and I think Robbie was there as well. And so they both kind of played together, and that was the beginning of a, a beautiful thing. Like uh, Soul Brothers and Mike Toy were uh, pretty – I mean it, it was basically Robbie and Mike Toy for our first like
0: – Yeah, yeah. It took us a while, but that, that was before like any other members of the Soul Brothers started uh, participating. Trailer, yeah. uh, like long before they got on stage at PAX. Yeah. Um, so as far as I knew, mostly like Mike Choi was a guy who wandered toward our booth with his pianica and started serenading us. And then, yeah. then later on, he's making, he's making peripherals for the, for the switch. <laughs> like, that's, uh, you know, the old age old
1: story. It happens
0: yeah. all the time. <laughs> um, yeah. I think that's most of 2018. Let's, 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 let's move on to 2019, uh, which is uh, only a few months in. So we better remember a few things here. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh i'd say let's see the three big things i have uh are we're buying another new building and starting to renovate it that is in process right now and yep. hopefully 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 we'll move into it uh later this year um but turns out renovating buildings is complicated uh and again there's no predicting i know i'm going back and forth about whether or not you can predict anything
1: but. <laughs> well here i got this life advice for everybody listening
0: Everything's complicated. <laughs> Nothing is simple. Yeah, if, if 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 somebody's telling you it's simple, they're selling you something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we're so we're working on getting a new building and uh, maybe selling this one at some point, hopefully. Uh, and then we were also fulfilling bloodstained. So call back to 2016 or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2015. 2015. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, we we're fulfilling bloodstained right now, and uh, we are continuing to. Um, to wallow in the developer, not developer, publisher um, waters with uh, Hollow Knight. That's right. Which was a, another huge one.
1: Yeah. Big, big launch for us. Uh, yeah. We put Hollow Knight out on Switch, PS4, and we made PC copies as well. And, um, in addition to, like, so with Undertale, we were co-publishers four, but Hollow Knight, we did it all ourselves, mm-hmm. which was provided a lot more learning opportunities because, the you know, the, inevitably we made mistakes and had to figure out stuff along the way. Um, but we also published it um, in Europe and uh, other parts of the world.
0: Yeah, so we kind of like, uh, so we, we, we made all the stuff and we just sent, uh, shipped them out to distributors mm-hmm. uh, all over the place so that they could distribute further from there. Yeah. Uh, which is, you know, we're 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 learning how to do this stuff, folks. We're, getting there we're a bunch stuff. of we're a bunch of dumb kids here in Tucson, Arizona, <laughs> <laughs> and we've been, you know, ten years in. We're still not sure what we're doing half the Tur- time. Turns
1: out, Fangamer is just forty kids in a trench coat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I haven't figured
0: this out yet. Uh, so yeah, I'm sure there's a lot that we forgot or missed. Uh, we could probably do in like an entire episode just as a recap of the minutia of each year. Yeah. Uh, but I'd rather. Rather get past all that stuff, uh, get the doll out of the way so we can move forward from here. So, next week, we'll be talking about what's going on now or possibly soon. Um, there are two more things I want to do in each episode of this podcast. Uh, the first is talking about the city that we call home, our beloved old Pueblo, uh, Tucson, Arizona. Specifically, I want to find a weird news story that I can share about this place because one of the reasons we love Tucson is because it's a weird place. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my favorite and also least favorite recent stories has to do with a big wildfire that swept through uh, south of Tucson last year. Oh, yeah. yeah. Very funny. Very funny <laughs> wildfires. Ha! I, just, <laughs> I see it coming. <laughs> so, um, yeah, the big wildfire that swept through south of Tucson last year causing a significant amount of property damage. Uh, it was terrible. Uh, so I, I, I know that, that Reed clearly knows the answer to this question. So I'll ask Jack, Jack, do you know what started this fire?
2: Oh boy. Is this that gender reveal event? yes oh, it was
0: a gender reveal event a couple i
2: a, wasn't sure what your reactions were about
0: i started jogging my memory it's a girl baby so a couple decided that they wanted to reveal the gender of their child with a bang so they set up a device out in the desert that would explode and emit either pink or blue colored smoke oh wow. now it's important for people who aren't around here to know the deserts around here are not barren sandy deserts they're covered in plants mostly yellow Dehydrated, immensely flammable shrubs, <laughs> tinder. <is> yes, really. <laughs> exactly. So I gotta say, I, I feel very sorry both for the people on the receiving end of the millions of dollars of property damage, as well as for the child whose gender was revealed in that way. Mm. <laughs> Plus, I.
1: Mean, I yeah, got a legacy behind It could you. be, you know, portending a truly great child. <laughs> yeah, that's it's true. Or like the Destroyer, you know? <laughs> like, we don't know
0: which it's going to end up being. Um, but anyway, yeah, I also just think gender reveal events are kind of dumb, but that's just me. <laughs> uh, whenever we were, uh, so I had a kid uh, just, uh, like, right at the end of last year. Hey, there's was a big thing in 2018. Yeah, um, but, like, so uh, me and Laura were just kind of joking about, because gender reveal parties were kind of really... Uh, becoming popular while uh, uh, during Laura's pregnancy, and uh, or maybe they were before, and they were just continuing to explode. It doesn't really matter anyway. Oh, they, they they really they really caught fire last year. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, you <laughs> that? I honestly didn't. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Anyway. Oh, wow. Uh, so, yeah, so our, our idea was, all right, uh, we're going to we're, like, because because one of the popular gender reveal things is you have like a cake and it has like, is it a girl or is it a boy? And you have like, you know, uh, ball, ballerina shoes on one side and like, I don't know, a shotgun on the other one or something. <laughs> and, and then you cut into the cake and depending on what food coloring you put in there, that tells you, oh, if it's blue, it's a boy or whatever. So. Uh, so Laura had the great idea of baking a cake. Uh, And whenever you cut into it, like just a bunch of plastic spiders fall out. (laughs) It's spiders!
1: (laughs) Boy, no, I thought you'd you'd contemplated having live spiders, which would be a much more... (laughs)
0: gender reveal party. Right. Just kind of get one of the many, many, many Black Widow colonies yeah, in this hey, town. i plenty of them. I can bring them.
1: Oh my gosh. But I thought about the logistics of that. Like, if you, if you did that right and you cut slowly enough so you wouldn't cut any spiders in half, slowly pull the piece out and let them just pour out from the just, ah. oh, What a great video that would be. Man, vine vine's
2: died too early the grill could start paying for itself that's
0: right it just reminds me of like one of my favorite images on the internet which is the, uh, the, the picture of Pocahontas coming up behind coming up behind John Smith and like she just opens her mouth and then spiders just coming coming out and then the next panel is like he just has this wide eyed like oh god
1: <laughs> That is was an all time
0: classic uh, I, I don't know if this podcast can do like, like a different image for each episode <laughs> but if that could be the image for this episode uh,
2: bang for the five year recaps <laughs> <laughs>
1: there's spiders
0: alright uh, and anyway for the, for the final segment of each episode I really want to lean into audience participation uh we are your friends at fangamer but it's hard to be friends when it's just talking at you for an hour or however long these episodes end up being so i want you to get in touch with us send us your burning questions comments and commands you can send them to us at your friends at fangamer.com that's your friends at fangamer.com just the words at then the at sign and then fangamer.com um You can ask us pretty much anything and we'll answer it on this segment. And if we don't want to answer your question, we'll just ignore it. Uh, Ask us about our products, how we feel about your favorite video game. Ask us our Smash Mains or if Funimation subscriptions are better than Crunchyroll subscriptions. Send us dramatic readings or just ask us for advice about awkward social situations. Obviously, we don't have any questions to answer today because this is our first episode. But please help us change that for next episode. Again, send us an email at yourfriends at fangamer.com. You can also tweet us at Fangamer Friends. Uh, any final thoughts, Reed and Jack?
2: It'll be a hot one. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's true. <laughs> Pool party this weekend. Yes. Pool party this weekend. All right. I am looking forward to that. Uh, final thoughts. I gotta pee. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, thank you very much, uh, Reed and Jack, for joining me this week. And thank you, listener, for listening. We're your friends at Fangamer and let's plan on hanging out again next week.
2: Peace. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>